now back to your regular and now back to your and now back to your and now together for Angela Belcaster. So I've had a semi-rough day at work, and at 7.30 I was still, hi Michelle, she works with me, she knows. <laughs> We should both get hugs. <laughs> I was still preparing this set at 7.30, so um, if we, uh, we run out of poems, um, I thought we could read some recipes together. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it, it's the new one. <laughs> All right. Uh, this first poem is called Easy, and it strikes me how sometimes we can have experiences and a decade later they finally float to the surface and we decide it's time to say something about it. When the NTSB team came to school to explain how human body parts are identified after the big plane crashes, it seemed at first to me that it was all puzzle talk. The hip bone connected to the thigh bone, better be sure which end of the spine you attach the head to, reassemble first. It was bone class 201, forensic archaeology, and just in case after graduation any of us had a burning desire to reassemble broken human things, who'd lost even prerogative to be put back together, then given the tuition, we'd often at least have the best teachers. They said they succeeded in matching a single severed hand to its rightful owner by means of the exact hue of nail polish, one amongst the 40 handless arms. Puzzle work. They told us how they matched pieces of flesh the size of a deck of cards to a calf or upper arm, and later, whenever I heard the recommendations for diabetic portion sizes to maintain good control, never bigger than a deck of cards, the image of Pan Am Flight 103 would flash into my mind, or Challenger raining down, turning sounds, churning fractals, loss of iterations, chipped things, what was left of last words, wombs that had given birth, love letters unwritten stopped halfways on their journey across the corpus callosum. For years after, I could not stop thinking about what things that hand had held, the lilt of sensation, last moments perhaps in them in that moment only the ilk of regret and memory there's a book by Alif Chirac called Black Milk has anybody read it? you've read it? wow it's about the conflict between 
between writing and motherhood, um, and it's it's really a um, it's really a very good book. So I thought a lot when I read this, and it only made me feel about this much better. <laughs> How I got lost. <laughs> I have six children. <laughs> Baby muse, novel thing. You move me by dirty diapers, yawns, and night wails, biting and peeing your way into the world. Young muse, you prodded by eating dirt and wallboard, throwing frozen peas, reaching your tiny hands as if at apogee the moment I became more than four feet distant. Don't worry, I will never be far. I can't be. You spin now and poems appear. They fly from your feet to my fingers, first intersecting straight through my heart, and I am sidetracked again. I am waiting for the next thing. Boyfriends, algebra, tattoos, the abject horror of driving lessons, graduations and leavings, gracious or not. What power in repletion and naming? I birthed seven times, seven charms in the old sense. They say the earth began on high by splitting, as in an oyster cleaved, heaven on one side, earth on the other. Whatever happens in that womb is not banal. It's bloody and cleaves out a new space in this world. Don't bother asking for molecular mercy if something goes wrong. The gods always notice our weaknesses first. I am chimera after all this, staccato, breaking into colors, and you, child, are you, solo and loosened. Thank you. The next chapbook I'm working on for the fall is called Poem, Walking Headlong into Traffic. And so this is uh, the title piece. Poem, Walking Headlong into Traffic. There may be a jinx in these poems, love knot, a laceration, a passenger pigeon, rapeseed for finches, the word flew. They move where they may. There's a zenith here, a concoction, and a remedy that's not walking head down through traffic. It flows like ley lines from a child's Mississippi 1, Mississippi 2, into a game of hide-and-seek with our lives. And what of where a single poem goes? This one goes here. My love, you fill me as in urn, as in canopic jar, as in a priest of Egypt, removing my organs for life after death, the little dyings done every day, the lovers and children leaving migrations of trust, the things we kill ourselves for, and the things that want to kill us. You handle my heart gently, snip its strings, lift, say a prayer, and tuck it into this vessel of us for the next best tomorrow. On abundance. Sometimes I feel I haven't suffered enough to deserve the vibrations in my throat that I mouth and turn into words. Do you ever feel like your life is trying to talk to you and you are deaf? Does poetry teach us to lip read our lives? Sometimes I think I need more teeth and less of the ghost of Sister Rose standing beside, behind us with ruler just waiting for someone to take Jesus' name in vain. Jesus, they should have taught us what in vain meant at first. Sometimes I wish I had the MFA instead of MSN, the PhD instead of ADD, and then I think maybe what I need is less letters and more afternoon naps. 
Don't be mistaken by this insecurity. I birthed three times as many children as Plath, and my husband was at least as big of a dick as Ted was. And I don't have half the talent, but I am alive, and with all due respect, she was genius but gave up. And that's not to say I couldn't, that any of us couldn't. Some people wear these things on their sleeves. I write it in thin strips of paper and chew on it all day. It's a sort of sustenance I'm tired of. When I was 23, I came by my 95-pound body honestly. My daughter, one years old, on my hip, I shopped for Christmas gifts at the food pantry because goodwill was too expensive, because sometimes people would donate toys along with formula and diapers. I ate dollar bacon and scalloped potatoes for half the year and slept on the floor for longer than that because I was stupid enough to let my lazy brother talk me into not loading my mattress into the U-Haul when I moved to the big city. Leave it, he said. You can always buy another when you get there. My family ties are more like slip knots. Those lean baby years, I wrote not a single word of poetry, but I lived them. And I watched the other single mothers live them too, in teetering first steps on bare toes in a park, and in teeth cutting, in baby blankets and a small blonde head asleep in the crook of my neck, in presenting your child for the first time to a tree. Some poems will bite you if you get too close, and this one's starting to growl. Let me tell you about my relationship with food, irregular, summarized by the word doling, sustenance as circumstantial. Taking food out of the pantry has always been an uneasy ceasefire with abundance. Abundance. The terms of this agreement are written as the number of empty spaces to be maintained on the pantry shelf. Always the tendency to overstock in case of famine, locusts, zombie apocalypse, or, I imagine, someone just abruptly leaving. And victory in this battle defined as open spaces on the shelves to let dust settle. It's an uneasy peace. With. What with? If I had my way with the world, I would construct an empty hour that floats around free, inserting between two and three o'clock each day, unmeasurable. Maybe some days it would stretch out forever. And what would we do with it? What would our lives look like then? I don't know what I'd do with more space, more time, maybe airdrop care packages to my life. This terror we see in blankness, our need to fill empty shelves, empty pockets, blank pages, hearts on developed ground. One thing we all understand, loss. The world performs subtraction best. Does that make us human, or are we just mimics of the chaos of the universe, expanding, hating the empty always, filling all the shelves in case there really is an end to the abundance of time. I'm going to breathe. See, this is what you get when you don't get to plan another long one. All right. is based on a true story. Distribution of wealth. The trickle-down effect is too slow. Even after all of this, I'd still recommend punching a screwdriver in it. Chateau Villa, hanging crooked. Name of a residence like a thesaurus's entry. House, house. I've stomped. Police in tow. 
all of my history swirling above me. The kid's father is up there swirling. My privilege is in it. Also, my hungry past with a not-welfare baby. There's the food pantry spinning past stubbornly. There's fat doctor someone, and I'm his wife. There's the smell of desperation. There's pride, all of us reeking in it and dripping. We're meeting about this theft on the doorstep of an apartment. I'd know my stolen laptop anywhere, and it's not coming back. I know it's in the mulberry shrubs or the neighbor's closet. The furniture in the flat is named Brand. There's Formica in the old way. The sound in the back of my head like beetles clicking in diaspora. Pinchers grasping, damn it. Years later, same planet. I wonder if that kid read any of my poems. If the price or powder he got from the sale of my laptop solved any hunger for him at all. If he built any ignitions with it. And if so, he's a genius boy. Me, older, less wiser, still looking for the solvings for my many, too many's. Thanks. This is actually part two of that. Most days we're not really moving anything. We're tourists strolling through a town called Pleasure. The first four words of letters of that word are plea. For what? When I see traffic stopped on my street, I think, dough with fawn crossing. Other places, maybe that thought is car bomb or checkpoint. I think this may have something to do with love, and the first thought is the absence of love. But maybe it's love, car crashed and twisted like those caches of copper wire, the kids clean from a dump in Dubai. Maybe the car bomber thinks he'll save his family by taking out one more Palestinian, or maybe he'll get a promotion and he can buy someone's shoes or he's honoring his father, or that's just wishful thinking. We make and break our bonds each day. We are the worst kinds of gods, fickle. My son, autistic, puts leg- Legos together as a child, built skyscrapers, tore them down, put pieces together, pulled them apart. Nothing stood for long. That's us, I think. But not every day. Sometimes only when a cloud passes over. And then a letter comes in the mail from a child in Guinea, or someone offers to carry my groceries, or I stroll through the door to my office in the psychiatric clinic, and everyone says, hello, hello, or my lover takes my hand, and I think, I won't tear this apart. But I know what we're made of, and I know the struggle for cohesion. They say we're social animals. What does that really mean? Do we need to be part of a group, or do we just need to draw lines? This is us. That's you. This is what we have. This is yours. Power privilege and not. Just try to cross that line. How's my time, Tom? You don't have to use it all. Don't feel I got a lot of recipes. <laughs> Ooh, this is brand new. <clears throat> I called my mother, curious to know how many layers cancer had peeled away and who was there. This isn't a love story, but it is a story. I hear she's in treatment again, and I think of tsunamis retreated, the very big tides and on the sand twisted things, some desperate, some already relieved. When my mother's motherness was fashioned, the grain was laid out wrong. The garment never quite fit. And so she dropped it at her feet and walked away. 
returning to try it on again. Then off it would slip from her body. Her body was, I think, loved by many men. It was loved by us, too, from afar. And though we made fairy houses in the backyard, the occupants were mice. I wanted to make mine perfect, hoping I could lure my mother with beauty, persuade her to stay a little longer, even if in a fairy house. She was always such a tiny woman, even then. I was so sure she could fit. Thanks. crepes. You just smear it on crepes. I don't know what else to do with it. <laughs> Ooh. I like that. That's three things. Excellent. Falling. Macerated is not the same as chewed on. Evolved is not the same as walked away. Running is something to do, but really, it's a small world. And at the end, there's the ocean. How many photos can you take of the moon before it puts you to sleep? Look, the waves are cresting in this one. In that one, you can nearly not discern the abyss below. Look, it's the moon shining through Madrona. Here, it's nearly accomplished a shadow at 4 a.m. Do you know how hard that is? Look, it's the moon in sepia. Look, it's the moon in black and white Fujifilm 100 in a tiny 2 by 3 inch print. Look, I've hand-colored in the craters with dandelion pollen, with rust, with my own marrow. I'm tired of the moon. The same damn thing every 20-something days. Oh, look, it's full. Oh, look, it's starved itself fishbone thin. Look, it's eating again. Look, it's dead drunk and sending the crazies to the ER. I'm tired of its memories and moon notes. I'm tired that it's made of dust, fake cheese, and the footprints of dead men. And the way a single thought can bounce off it, up from my bedroom window, then down triangulate the place you are sleeping and nearly, but not quite, trace the outline of your face and bring it back. Surely you know how hard that is. Love that idea. Screw the moon! can't make it go away though it's like always there <laughs> that's great holy moly <laughs> uh, what <laughs> oh yes <laughs> Nutella mole who <laughs> Okay, uh, introducing a love poem is easy. You just say love poem and everybody goes to like this space unless you've like never been in love and then you should not be here. <laughs> never let a looter into your heart. This one's for Andy because he really likes this poem. <laughs> never let a looter into your heart. Unless he speaks seduction as a second language and your name has his first, or he is as recognizable to you as the hollow in your wrist, or recognizable because you can hear his leaving even in his hello, and somehow that's familiar. 
Or he's not a runner, but he's closely held like a gift, wrapped bright but too tightly wound in his ribbon, and it doesn't end in giving up, but in understanding that you'll never know what's inside, and so you walk away but always wonder. Never let a looter into your heart unless he talks his way in because you love words. He's not blind after all and uses words as if they were oxygen or sex, and sometimes you think he could actually talk you into having a little death right there on the phone driving on I-5, Maybe that actually happened. And he knows he's onto something. <laughs> but he's the type who's there for booty. Yes, it's the double entendre, and when he leaves, you find you've lost your words, except one, involute. And that one's the real death. For six months, it's the one word you own, involute. You practice its meanings in every way you can, to shrink, die back, retreat, hoping to lure a few more words back to you. And eventually you do. It takes you a year to find the word trust, but it looks different than the one that was there before. Never let a looter into your heart unless his eyes are the color of lightning or druzy, and he looks at you, and you're not happy that he sees you, but that he sees anything at all, that you still have an outline. But that's not entirely true, is it? It's just that everything you are is resting in your backbone lately, and you're carrying it there as an orchid, destructible but safe. Never let a looter into your heart unless you find yourself adrift and his back is like shoreline and you have been like kelp since the first day you learned what you thought it meant to be a woman. Always swaying in the direction of the tides of men who considered your spine the Jacob's Ladder to dock themselves to. And some battles are hard won and the prize is not what you'd expect. Never let a looter into your heart unless he's the last one, which you will not know. Unless when he shows up, he looks around at the rough empty the bombed-out spaces like Dresden during the war or Sarajevo, and he's silent for what seems like six eternities, and then he says, Thank you for making this place for me. Then close the door behind both of you and sit cross-legged next to him on the bare bare floor inside those scoured walls and say, Take everything. Thanks. like that one right there okay um (laughs) i think i have three more i think this one will be last and then the turtle died first other things happened july the street sound in iowa city was masked by the heat and a corner piano pushed outside for the summer was played by a man i didn't know classically trained he invited me to sit And out of all of the songs and all of the world, his hands flew over the keys and he effervesced Beethoven's piano concerto and sea and birds rose up into the heat that hung over the street and the world was so perfectly broken and full, I wept. Later, it rained, bits of Beethoven and crows. Back at home, the mortgage bloomed in a sign that fall was coming and the dishwasher screamed for mercy. Inside, I found a broken arm and I would have given anything for a good horse just then and a saddle or at least a few more vowels to work with. And six months before, my lover had left, disappeared into the air like water boiling, and how could I cry then over someone who had simply changed his molecular state? And I bought my daughter this turtle, and she named him Oscar, and he was small and liked shrimp. And then... In September, the roof began to leak, and I spent the last money to fix the deck, and sometime in the twist of seasons, something in me sagged like bed springs being broken... 
and in October it became cold, followed by flurries of bills and the turtle was moved last, waiting in a bucket to go to a stout rental with heat. But the water got cold. Did I say the furnace died? I wept in a coffee shop when the call from the vet came, presenting the passing of my daughter's turtle, Oscar, a small, leathery confluence of creature and subtractions. There is something unweighed here, something unmeasured, hidey holes in our lives, exits and releases, filled with impossible translations, filled with redactions, but also things that hold the order and that whisper at us as we pass, run, tell everyone you don't have to be afraid. Thank you. You okay? I work in a, um, I, I run a family practice clinic inside of a psychiatric um, clinic. Missive from a medical clinic within the psychiatric hospital service. There are leaks of spit left behind on my exam table or on the floor or urine, spots where my patients sat. They leak. Truth. There are days I am unworthy to enter this cathedral of humanity constructed of confusions, demons, and strong chemicals. Prayers are said in this room, and they begin with, I understand. In the beginning, there was a man found in a barn with a bucket on his head, muttering. I see them fall on and know he is a man, she is a woman. Psychiatry, renowned for its deep mud. Whose nape of neck is this? Whose deletion of lip? This one is alive. This one has been disbanded and released. Still there is service. Still there is tender. Still there are roots. Everyone comes from somewhere. Everyone was child once. On a good day, I clean feet. On a bad day, the fragility in my office like ice on winter branch. Chins on chest, bodies hooked into the ancient form of submission by this culture, this, the one that I live in. These days, I read postures like Corin, fingernails like tarot, the creak of dry lung like patient pages of Old Testament. Thank you for taking care of me. Ricochets through these halls, hits each of our bodies like light, stops us in our tracks like unexpected night train. We have no suitable response, only this said as prayer on summer wind. The name of the fourth vowel. Oh, thanks. So this is what happens when you think too much about the apocalypse, which I do, (laughs) and um, also wonder why we have poetry. Poem preparing an arsenal, or what a poem could do. (laughs) It's part of my new chat There's a poem out there, Packing for Tomorrow, and I don't mean suitcases. She has a concealed weapons permit, but you don't need to know that. The therapist, when she gets time to visit her, says paranoia, and she cites Nietzsche, Einstein, and Boko Haram, and how Greece trusted Angela Merkel and got screwed anyway, and the new pope, whom she's forgotten the name of, he's up to something. Paranoia, says the therapist, delusions, trickery, says our poem, and then deflects into villanelle. She straps a shiv to her calf to go out for non-BHG milk, BGH milk, (laughs) reads labels. She's growing chicory in her garden for when the coffee runs out. She's a Sherpa for tomorrow, but you don't know her yet. She'll be your cabin attendant on the crash down, serving up cold drinks. She has a red light district inside her bunker. 
A fourth stanza in her closet just in case. A heart made of blankets and chairs that approximates a tent but somehow is always collapsing. The woman in Liberia who took care of her son dying from Ebola wore a raincoat and garbage bags and managed to keep everyone else in the house from being infected. That was her. When things fall apart, it will be her who dons her green gloves and does the autopsy. That we don't know her now is her perfect plan. Someone will write her when she's ready. No one will call her Messiah. In fact, she'll be ignored by the popular and passed on only by the saved. Thank you very much. That was Angela Belcaster. So now, from now until the end of time, when you see someone playing with Bill Haley, I also like to do this with glassware. I feel like, like we won. Like, yeah. Do you feel like we won? So you want to get water, and they give you the tiny water glass, and you're like, that's it's like half a sip, and you're like, son of a... Oh, I'm growing! And it's just like this tiny, it makes me so happy to do these things. Hey, I want to bring bananas. Hey, he's going to be wearing cowboy boots, and a kilt, a utility kilt. But like his nicer khaki one, not the darker. Um, I am he'll, be wearing, he'll be wearing a dress shirt. Guarantee. Knock will be the exact same. Minus the hat and kilt. But with the boots. And the dress shirt with the vest. Hey, I would bring bananas. Hey, I would bring bananas. Hey, I would bring bananas.